right? right. Yeah, and I th I think that's one of those things that you know the the board of directors don't have to worry about themselves, nor does DNROI or or Jake. You could farm that out to a committee and and let those people manage that library you know what i mean sure uh, so that it's it's not having to be the the very few people that actually work for uspsa but people underneath their supervision you know yeah oh yeah well i mean what do they keep uh, you know they keep touting we have something like thirty-five thousand members or whatever uh surely in that thirty-five thousand members there are a couple of people with skill sets that can help get something like this done and probably would love yeah. to be involved and probably do it pretty darn quick. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so. you know, uh, perfect example, Jay, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I guess they're, I, as I understand it, um, if I have to cut this out, I'll cut it out. But, but as I understand it, they're looking to maybe redo how they determine people on the super squad and they may be using his software and the ranking portion of it to determine who's on the super squad, which I think is cool. a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's cool. Uh, the, yeah. You know, the, the point system, uh, you know, gives, you know, people something to follow. Uh, and certainly, yeah, could determine super squad. Sure. Um, because up to this point, it's been kind of confusing to me, you know, how they determine super squads now. Um, right. I was always under the impression that it was, you know, um, the 12 from the previous year or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, the year that I, uh, ended up in 12th place, I didn't end up on the super squad the next year. Um, so that's not a hard, fast rule, right? Um, right. You know. Well, and, and, and let's say of the top 12, let's just use that for an example. Nine are coming back to shoot. Well, who are the other three? Well, this would be a perfect time to use Jay's ranking software and you take yeah. the, top, the highest three. You're like, oh, here you go. These uh, are yeah. the three. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's cool. Uh, yeah, let's reward, you know, people for, you know, uh, what they're earning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, we got to be careful with that segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I completely think that that's uh, a, a great possibility. Um, you know, uh, Jay's come up with a really interesting thing. What other mm -hmm. things are we doing in our USPSA committee that we should be celebrating like that? You know, I'd be willing to bet there's more. There's probably people building props that are, you know, no one's ever heard of, but the thing is just amazing and we should reproduce it. You know, there are people who have probably figured out things uh, that they can do in practice score um, that uh, not everybody oh, right. knows about, you know. Um, so let's, you know, shout those things from the rooftop, right? Let's share this stuff. Um, you know, uh, live scoring. Um, you know, Bill Duda and, you know, several others have already figured out, you know, systems to make that work. Um, yep. And, you know, if you contact Bill, my understanding is like he can give you basically a build list of everything that you need to put this together. 
yes, <laughs> let's have more of that, right? Like, um, you know, if somebody's already done the work and figured out how to get this done, then yes, let's spread this uh, far and wide for sure. But yeah, yeah, I want I, I wanted to go back for a second and expand on. So for the Carolina Classic, as you stated, and as has been said by John and Stephanie before, um, those stagers were all created by different match directors within North Carolina. Now, yeah. mm -hmm. my thought is, I love that idea. And if we grew that bigger, like right now, basically, um, it seems like Nationals is basically three people putting together all of the stages for the most part. Yes. But, mm -hmm. but what if each area and match directors within each area then were to submit stages? And then you could literally pick 20 stages that are generated from around the country. And you can literally get 20 different flavors in a match. Uh, well, you are pulling at my heartstrings now, Dave. Uh, <laughs> uh, for the record, I am married. So, <laughs> uh, I absolutely love this. Um, so the, the theory here is that the stages that ultimately end up in the classic are stages that have been run in some form at the other clubs. Um, that's not always the case. You know, some of the designers will, you know, provide a, a fresh design that's never actually been built. But um, uh, I would say the majority, though, um, submit designs that have already been run successfully at their level one local. Um, and by successfully, what I mean is it proved to be, you know, not only a, a good shooting challenge, but there was also, you know, shooter feedback. Um, crew feedback, you know, that was positive. Um, you know, it, it was run and everybody loved it. Fun was had by all, you know, the stars aligned, whatever. This stage was great. You know, let's reproduce it. Um, you know, so we already know that that stage is viable. You know, we already know um, the logistics surrounding that stage. So let's send it up the chain, right? Now it's being run at a level two match where it is going to get another set of eyes from whoever is curating the stages. Um, it is going to um, potentially get some tweaks, you know, um, target presentations are going to change or, um, you know, one thing that we like to do is um, flip the stage uh, on the 180 axis, right? Like just mirror right. thing, right? Um, so that you're not shooting the exact same stage necessarily that, you know, was ran in the local, but, um, but you're using that concept overall that was successful. And uh, then it's going through the NROI uh, approval process, right? Um, so this, yes, this idea of it starts at the grassroots level and then works its way up. Uh, I would love to see that expanded upon even further. Um, you know, if um, all of the uh, section and or, you know, state championship matches within the area, you know, put on, you know, these stages, why not um, uh, cherry pick stages from all those sections 
for the area six or area eight or area seven, whatever championship, right? Um, you know, again, those stages were already vetted by NROI at this point. Um, so we already know that uh, from a rules perspective, they are viable for a major. So let's step it up a notch, you know, let's take it up to the area level. And again, maybe we'll change some target presentations or something, you know, again, every time a stage gets built, it's never built the same, you know, how many times have you heard, you know, what ends up on the ground is not always, you know, exactly the same as what the drawing has. Right. Um, And I want, I'm going to, I, I'm sharing stage one again. Okay. Because here's a very simple thing. Like you said, just flip it on its axis. You could even leave the fault lines exactly as they are. Mm-hmm. Take everything on the left half, move it to the right half. Yep. So now you have these three steel behind the port and break down those double stack targets. And now you have a completely different stage, which takes five minutes to redraw. Yep. Totally unique stage, but with you know yep. shooting challenges that uh, we already know to be viable. You know, so yeah, uh, you know, again, I don't (laughs) from a (laughs) again, I I realize that what we're what we're asking here is a lot, you know, because that would take some coordination or whatever. But um, this idea that, you know, things grow, you know, uh, from the grassroots local level all the way up. Right. So, again, follow that continuum. Where does that take us? Well, that means that nationals you know, uh, could potentially be a culmination of the best stages of all of the area matches. Well, and, and what I was going to say is all you would have to do is say, but like, uh, area eight, I believe they had six level two matches. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not including the area eight. Well, no, I think area eight was included. So that's a level three, but so you had six major matches. If they just submitted two stages from each of those, there's already 12 stages that are already created that they just send up like their best ones from each major. And if every area did that, you'd have, if every area had that same number and submitted the same, you'd have 96 stages to choose from for nationals. And they're already, they're already vetted. Yes. So there's, yeah, there's no real process. They can make a few tweaks, like you said, and boom. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if this is the answer, but you, you hear, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, if we think of this logically for a minute, like this ground, you know, ground up, uh, scenario that we're talking about here applies in, you know, in a lot of different ways, right? Like, um, you know, from a competitor standpoint, you know, I kind of feel like the progression is, you know, you shoot your locals to prepare for your state or section championship, right? And, you know, you shoot the section championship and that sort of, you know, prepares you for the regionals, right? Um, And then, you know, that regional ultimately prepares you for national and this is how a lot of sports work right i mean like yeah 
um, there is always a local, then there is state, then there is regional, then there is national, then there's international, you know, and so on. Right. We don't really have that model here. Um, you know, what we have are uh, a bunch of local matches that are, um, you know, some are thriving, some are not. Um, you know, some are really quality matches that, um, you know, uh, follow the rules and, you know, uh, treat it with a certain um, um, seriousness. I, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for there, but uh, and then there's others that, you know, kind of run it kind of outlaw, you know, and it's all over the place. Um, right. You know, but there's a lot of good things happening on the ground that should then, you know, work its way up. But, uh, you know, I have a dream, you know, that one day, <laughs> um, you know, both matches and, you know, competitors alike are going to progress, um, you know, on this ground up um, trajectory, right? Like, um, shooters start out shooting their locals and then they uh, eventually, you know, feel confident enough to go and shoot their state match and when they experience that level two match okay now i know you know i've i've reached the next level of you know commitment right uh and i'm gonna work until i win that match and then when i win it now i've you know earned my way to go to the regional you know and oh wow now we've progressed to a whole nother level i need to go back and you know, work on that. And okay, now I've won the regional and now we're going to go on the national stage. Like uh, on some level, uh, you know, I would love to see some kind of more of a progression model. And again, I, I'm just spitballing here. I don't have all the answers. I haven't really given this a lot of great thought. I'm making a lot of this up on the fly right now, but, um, uh, but big picture, thousand foot view. I mean, that, that looks really good to me um you know now, stages work their way up competitors work their way up you know everything works their way up to the top being the spectacle right like you know if you make it to the top like you have made it right um i wish there was a little bit more of that all right now are you are you saying you feel people should be required to shoot those other ones before like shooting nationals or? Uh, I mean, again, I haven't thought it, you know, through the, in that depth, but sure. Right. Like uh, I kind of like the idea that uh, in order to get to the level three, you must have first, you know, competed, competed at a level two. two. Right. I mean, but in my head, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I remember going to Talladega one year, uh, I think it was 21, um, and we're in the uh, registration line and there was this young fella, um, you know, uh, really outgoing, introduced himself to uh, me and Robert. Um, and he was an open shooter. Um, nationals, uh, and it turns out Nationals was the third match ever that this guy had shot. Now, part of me is like, okay, you know, that's probably not how I would have, you know, uh, <laughs> progressed through this or whatever. I probably would have got a little more experience before I felt comfortable going to that. Um, 
But I mean, this guy was just like, I love, you know, I like this game so far and, you know, nationals is, um, you know, accessible to me. So I'm going to go. Um, but I would be lying if I didn't, you know, uh, tell you that somewhere deep inside of me, it, you know, kind of broke my heart a little bit that, um, you know, he hadn't first been, you know, been through the paces, right? <laughs> like, um, here he is shooting a national championship, his third match. You know, he hasn't really, um, you know, figured out this game yet. Um, well, when I was there in 2020, uh, Frostproof, the last last year they shot it there, um, we had a woman on our squad. It was her very first USPSA match ever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to think about that, but – there's something in my mind that says that's that's probably a little too extreme. Um, I don't know. I, I I like the idea of earning your way there. I mean, for uh, I'll I'll put it like this: uh, when I talk to uh, friends and family members that are not shooting people, like they know nothing about what we do, uh, when I tell them that I'm going to nationals, their immediate assumption is that you know, wow, that is a prestigious achievement, right? Like, and I'm like, well, you know, actually it's not. I mean, I you just sign up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably get an invite. Well, yes, but you know what I mean. I <laughs> sign up. You get an invite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, yes, you understand what I'm saying, though. Uh, yeah, I do. So, uh you know, again, uh, outside of our little world, um, you know, people kind of assume, you know, that the natural progression in sports in general is that you work your way up to these things, you earn your way uh, to these things. Right. Um, I can't really think of any sport off the top of my head. I'm sure there are some, but I can't think of any where um, somebody who's never done it in their life can just go to the the big show you know i mean it, it, i mean i think of it like you know hey i kind of like to play baseball today i understand that the world series is happening uh, down the street. uh i got money shout out to the rangers right there <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying though like um uh i think i've heard a lot of people talk about golf as being you know probably one of the more closely related uh sports um uh again uh one of the, the pga tour or whatever the you know uh what's the big game where everybody gets the green jacket you know uh oh yeah the masters the masters yeah. yeah you know i've never played golf before but i'd really like to try it and you know the masters is only four hours away and i got money there they're also earning millions of dollars though. We're not, nobody's earning a million dollars at any match in okay. USPSA. Sure. Uh, no, no argument there. Um, <laughs> but I, but again, I get your point though. You know, again, I have a dream. <laughs> well, and, and I look at it, uh, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think mm -hmm. there are some cases where that would work pretty well. Um, I think it comes down to it's kind of like handgun nationals. Uh, and I'm just going to use that one as an example where they couldn't fill it until they opened up. They opened it up to limited optics and then it filled up. 
It went from not being filled to having a wait list. So I think there, now you'll never have that. I don't think you'll ever have that issue with like a, a carry optics where, you know, when it's a standalone, there's a 200 person wait list. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that means there were a lot of slots that were returned back to the USPSA that were sure, released by the public. But there's, a, there's a whole other argument there. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm all ears. Well, I'm not even sure if, you know, this is a place to go. I mean, uh, what well, I can always cut it out. Well, I just, you know, I've said a lot of things tonight that I know are going to come back and bite me. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, um, why do we have so many nationals? Right? Like, we shouldn't. We should have one. Okay. You said it. You're the bad guy, right? Um, I, and I'll say it every time. We should have, well, look, this is, this is how I feel a one week, all inclusive, nationals every year where at the end you have the big to do at that, that Friday night. So Monday, we'll just say Monday through Friday or Wednesday through Saturday or Sunday, however you want to do it. Mm -hmm. But you show up, you shoot four days out of five. You're shooting five stages, the days you shoot. So you're shooting 20 stages. And at the end it's, so you pick your division. What are you going to shoot? What are you going to compete in? Everybody competes. It's all done. There's a podium at the end. Like I, I saw a podium at Ipsic Nationals. I'm like, why don't we have a podium at any other nationals? It's it wasn't all that extravagant. It's just piece of wood with numbers spray painted on it. What you are talking about is celebrating performance achievements. And we don't really do a great job of any of that in this game presently, right? Um uh, I was uh, watching some uh, media post. Uh, I think it, it was Tim Heron, right? Uh, he went to some uh, area match recently and won uh, the division. Yeah, think, yeah. Uh, but wasn't recognized for that. Area two. Uh, area two. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, wh- why wouldn't we recognize that this guy just won that? Right. <laughs> and uh, when I went and looked, there were 29 people who competed in that division. That's more than enough people to pay for a, a trophy for first place. Well, even if there's not a trophy, how about just, you know, uh, somehow recognize this person's achievement, you know, publicly mm-hmm. online or, or whatever. You know, I mean, like <sighs> celebrating achievement is, is definitely uh, not. Um, what our national organization, you know, cares about, in my opinion, you know, they care about participation numbers, right? They care about filling the slots for the match. Um, I don't work for the org and I've never served on that board. So, I mean, I can't really speak to, you know, what their, you know, business model and motivations are, but uh, I am a shooter first uh, and, it pains me that um, we don't celebrate achievements, you know, like just about every other sport you can think of. Um, we've got, and I need to be really careful here though, too, because uh, I'm not saying that uh, this is an elitist GM thing either, right? Uh, I, if you win C class, you know, at your 
uh, area match, then you just won your class. You deserve to be recognized for that achievement, right? Just like, you know, the guys at the top, you know, when they uh, win, everybody wants to watch them, right? I mean, look at any other major sport, right? The, 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 the superstars get all the attention. They get all the money. They get all the, um, you know, the airtime on TV. And, you know, that sells merchandise. It, um, uh, it drives attendance, right? Um, people want to be like those people, right? Um, and we got some superstars in this sport. Um, you know, we should be celebrating those people, you know, uh, lifting them up on a pedestal, you know, but, uh, instead, uh, they win a national championship. Uh, they get, uh, a not so great buffet dinner and, um, a certificate for something that they don't need that they have posted on Facebook marketplace before they even get out of the award ceremony. <laughs> yeah, that's well, depressing. I hate that for the vendors who contributed and I hate that for the competitor who is right. not getting something of value. Um, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't know what the answers are, but if we look at other organized sports and uh, I should clarify. Uh, I do think of this as a sport. Um, I do too. Some people think of it as a hobby. You know, some people are kind of on the fence of where it is. But man, I have put some serious money and time and blood and sweat into this game. You know, and it, Jarrett, it's no different than golf in that manner. In that, while golf is not the most athletic sport in the world neither is curling but curling's in the freaking olympics but it all whether it's a hobby or something more depends on how much time and like you said money that you invest into it and how much you know you devote your life to that and those guys that are winning are devoting a crap ton of their time yes and effort to it so they live and breathe this game yes yeah. yes I, I mean i have uh, been there where i've you know gone so far down the rabbit hole that um you know my wife had to kind of fish me out <laughs> if you you know catch my drift um yeah yeah i do you know um there's I've been told to reel it in yeah 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 I mean, you, you know, we work really, really hard. We train really hard. We shoot a ton of ammo. We um, uh, just really put a lot of effort into building these skill sets. Uh, shooting is not a natural thing. You know, you have to learn how to do it and do it well. And um, uh, like any sport, you know, uh, the people who ultimately are the best, like they are celebrated and we wear T-shirts with their faces on it. And, you know, like, right. <laughs> like uh, we don't have that kind of, um, I, I don't know what the word is. Um, is it dichotomy? Uh, the Anyway, we, uh, I, I've actually seen some instances where it seems like the top competitors in the sport uh, get sort of talk down uh about or down to from the national org right um and that should never happen yeah it's weird uh, i mean unless unless you catch one of them cheating 
that should never happen or yeah. being an, an a-hole to other people, you know, out there. But typically the USPSA, the competitors kind of police themselves with that when it comes to attitude. But, um, sure. Otherwise they, well, everybody, everybody deserves respect, whether you're working the match, shooting the match. So, yeah, well, so again, I don't know what the answers are. Um, th there's a lot of spitball in here, uh, and I'm uh, I apologize if I've offended anybody with anything I've said, but uh, I do like this idea of an upward pro uh, progression, and that that would include earning your way to the next level, right? Um, and again, I don't know what the model is for that specifically, but. Um, you know, everybody goes and shoots their local matches and then they comp uh, compete at their state or section level. Um, the top three, you know, competitors from that state match in every division and class, you know, uh, now have an opportunity to go to the next level, you know, or something like that. And then at, from the area match, the top three in every division and class, you know, uh, get to progress, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Right. Um, I, I feel like there needs to be some way of earning your way, but also being recognized for your achievement uh, along the way. Um, so take that, you know, for what it's worth. Um, I, I've been to a number of matches where I've seen some people really put up some incredible performances and uh, walked away with nothing, you know. Um, and no one remembers how they did right but you know you look at something like um baseball <laughs> like people can tell you the guy that hit the uh home run in the you know 1952 national uh championship or whatever you know like not that we're ever going to be like that popular but um, <laughs> you know uh, I hate the idea that there's a lot of people that do some really great things and um, a week later, no one remembers, you know, what their name is. So, right. Um, I don't know. Uh, we're, man, we're getting way off into the weeds now. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Let's bring this I, back I, to the shooting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, circling back around. Um, you know, again, I think the people who get the most out of this are the most um, well-rounded in terms of their involvement, right? Um, people who are going to uh, commit some time to dry firing, you know, uh, you want to get better at this sport, dry fire is, uh, is a requirement, right? Uh, I know a lot of people that don't do it. Um, you want to shoot more ammo, you need to learn how to reload and do it well, right? Um, you want to be better at breaking down stages. Um, you know, one, you need to, you know, probably attend a bunch of matches, but, uh, two, you know, maybe you should get involved and help build some, you know, that'll, that'll teach you how to break down some stages real quick. Uh, right. You and know, here's a, an interesting point. Somebody in the top five of my overall shooter of the year told me they do not dry fire. I know. Uh, I, which, which I thought was like, almost shocking you know i i would say he's in the minority sure um but right. how much do they live fire you know? okay 
that there's a, yeah. there's a question there. And that's where, exactly. And that's where he's making it up. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, Phil Strader, Sig Sauer now, um, you know, former USPSA president. Uh, my understanding is that he doesn't practice, you know, uh, he just shoots. Um, and I don't know how much truth there is to that. Um, but I've met the guy a couple of times and like, he is a incredible shooter. Um, you know, and most people agree, like he just has this talent and he shows up, you know, ready to play. And when he walks away from the match, like he's done with shooting for now <laughs> until the next event, um, that blows my mind. But, um, you know, I still find it hard to believe that he didn't practice and learn all of this, at least at some point. Right. He had right, of course he did. somewhere. Right. He says he lucked into a national championship, but he still has one. True. Yeah. Single. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So there are people like that. Uh, sure. Mm -hmm. uh, none of these are hard, fast rules, but, uh, you know, uh, nothing ever really is. There's always gray areas. But I mean, the point that I'm trying to make is, um, you know, I think uh, some of the best competitors uh, are the ones who are also, you know, involved on all the different levels of this game, right? Yeah. Um, you know, they are giving back to their community as well as, you know, um, uh, taking all that they can get from the community to learn how to be a better shooter. Right. Um, you know, you want to go to quality matches, uh, quality matches don't happen without staff. So, uh, maybe consider being staff once in a while. Um, you know, uh, there are <clears throat> a lot of really great matches out there that I want to shoot. Uh, and I could go and shoot every one of them and never work a single one. Um, but, um, you know, I kind of made a little rule for myself. Um, you know, you have to work at least one match, uh, every year. So as someone who is a, a match director or at least helps in that, in that realm, mm -hmm. do, do people have to, so if someone wants to help at like a Carolina class, like a level two, um, a local major, do they have to be an RO to help? No. Uh, excellent question. See, that's where, yeah, no, no, they do not. Uh, trust me, if you are uh, willing, um, we have things for you to do. You know, there is no certifications required. Uh, in fact, um, uh, we've had, you know, uh, some really great folks, uh, that after working the match, um, uh, decided that, it was worth their while to go get their RO certification after seeing what took place at the match. Right. Um, um, conversely, I've had some people, you know, say that they have no interest in getting certified. Uh, they just, you know, are happy to help. Uh, and that's cool too. I mean, it, it, it takes all kinds of kinds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everybody helps. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm sure as I'm sure John running the Carolina classic this year, would have loved to have been able to turn people away from staff positions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and, <laughs> frankly, I don't know that that's even possible, right? Like uh, if we had too many staff people, like we probably invent things for them to do. Um, because, okay. 
you know, in other words, um, well, you know, we've never had the staff to allow us to do X, but now we have an overabundance. Mm. Of you know, let's try to do that thing that we always, you know, dreamed about doing. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that's how it would go. Um, okay. No, we never have enough, um, but we do amazing uh, work with those that we do. Um, and, you know, uh, again, part of it is rewarding those those folks. So we were talking about incentives earlier. Yep. Um, I'll tell you what, um, uh, when I work the classic, uh, I feel very well taken care of. Uh, that is something that Stephanie uh, has done a, a really great job with. Um, the staff package is awesome. Um, but for the most part, it's the food. Um, she provides some of the most lit bo boxed lunches. Um, you know, there's ice cream, yes. chocolate chip cookies, yes. you know, roast Look, beef sandwiches. I, and, I didn't even work the match and she was giving me box lunches. I was like, what? Yes. Wow, you guys uh, are awesome. Well, the way to any man's heart is through his stomach. You know, uh, <laughs> you, you want me to, to uh, you know, do some kind of labor for a couple hours? Oh, you're going to have food there? Yeah, that's cool. We can do that. You know, like, um, no, I mean, like, they're, the, the staff really gets a lot of uh, public appreciation. They get a lot of materials. Like when you uh, sign up uh, through the website, there's a, um, a little staff handbook um, with like tips and tricks of, you know, how to run a stage uh, efficiently. Uh, there are tips and tricks about what to bring with you, what to wear, what to, you know, um, again, all of that stuff that people have figured out already, it has been cataloged into a little handbook. Um, you know, so, uh, I don't have to go thinking about, oh man, uh, do you think I should bring a, bring a pair of pliers? <laughs> you know, uh, maybe it would be a good idea to have a staple gun, you know? Uh, well, no, it spells out everything. This is what we're providing you. And this is what you should bring with you. Um, and they're, all the questions are gone. Well, um, and I, you know, look, I've only, I've helped with a Delmarva. I've helped with the Virginia state a couple of times. Um, so I guess three major matches. Uh, I didn't help. I don't think I helped Keanu at all with area eight up there, hmm. but, um, Keanu, I had eight stage designer. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, he, when we were talking more rounds, don't make a better match. He caught a lot of flack one year. I think it was the first year he did area eight because he did the three, two, one mm -hmm. format. And I think the first year the round count was like 186 or somewhere around 200 rounds. And he caught flack for there not being a higher round count. Seriously. Oh yeah. Well, again, that's, that's a thing. Uh, in, uh, at area six, yeah. um, for the last couple of years, um, my understanding is that, um, Bruce, um, you know, uh, had an expectation for a certain round count. Um, and so, uh, it was not uncommon for stage designs, um, uh, to ultimately have targets added to them. Um, wow. And, you know, in my opinion, you know, I, I don't think that made a, a better stage, uh, it, you know, again, more rounds does not equal more fun. Now, uh, I didn't go to uh, Area 8 that year. I do remember, you know, hearing all the buzz about that. Um, 
I do think that there is a point, you know, where if you're running an area level match, there probably should be, you know, some minimum round count floor, but um, that doesn't necessarily have to be uh, in rounds shot in a single stage. That could be in the form of more stages or, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose the question I would have is um, how were the stages, right? If we I love the match. Yeah. I mean, if we forget about round count for just a minute, you know, if we take apart each stage, did you, was there any stages there that you thought sucked? Nope. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, that's why I was agreeing with you. I, I don't agree that round count, should be the deciding factor of whether it's a good match or not. It should be stage design and and how well they were done. But yeah, yeah I, I got where I was going initially. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got a lot of flack with that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, that's that's kind of where our sport is going, right? More rounds, more, uh, you know, thirty-two round field course, thirty-two round field course. Um, people want to shoot more bullets, you know. Um, and they want to do it on open targets at five yards um, with, you know, uh, 2011, you know, dot gun or whatever. <laughs> I mean, like we're, we're seeing where this uh, trend is or whatever. Uh, but uh, I think right. the I think the better shooters, um, people who have been in the game a lot longer, uh, they appreciate. Um, you know, the more quality stages. Uh, and I, I think it's just an experience thing. Um, yeah, I don't know, uh, you know, ultimately where we were going with that either. But, um, you know, if I shot uh, a national championship, for example, uh, let's say that uh, there were 20 stages and uh, the entire match was 200 rounds. Uh I would actually be okay with that if all 20 stages uh, were the bee's knees, right? Like really well thought out quality challenges uh, with uh, lots of decisions to make, um, you know, maybe some cool activation sequences, you know, kids love that stuff. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh no, I mean, if the stages are good and it is a reasonable means of testing our competitors and determining who is the best in the nation, then that would be a successful match to me, uh, regardless of round count. So, yeah. And to me, that's what nationals is about. It's about putting together, putting a match on to determine who is the best in the nation in that or those divisions being competed. Yeah. Um, but right now it's all about, you know, filling all of the spaces to nationals and, you know, if somebody wins, great. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being, you know, um, facetious there, but I, I think, you, I get, you know, you're, yeah, you yeah, yeah. you're trying to make, um, in any case, I would prefer to see a, a one week, everybody there, everybody competing at the same time. Yeah. Well, and so I've, I've heard the argument before about, you know, top shooters getting multiple bites at the apple, you know, to represent their, you know, 
companies and um, potentially bring more dollars into the sport, that kind of thing. Um, I, I kind of get that a little bit. Um, but, you know, the competitor in me likes the idea that I have to commit to this particular discipline, this division, uh, and I'm going to work that through uh, and, and work my way up uh, state, area, national, right? <laughs> um, you know, and ultimately, uh, you know, see where I uh, stack up with the best of the best, right? Um, but, you know, I'm, I also see the other side of that argument where, you know, the top guys at the top, you know, they want to compete in all of them, you know, and they want to represent their sponsors in all of them. Uh, um, you know, we're always seeing the same guys uh, at the top and rightly so. I mean, if you're the best shooters in the nation, you're the best shooters in the nation, right? Um, you know, your, your JJs and your KCs and your Max, uh, you know, um, uh, to some extent, you know, of course, still Robbie's up there. The, I mean, like the, the top people are always going to be at the top. Um, but if we had one nationals where all divisions were represented, that group of top people uh, would grow. It would change. It would be more dynamic. We would uh, see some different names popping up at the top of those lists. Uh, and I think that would get kind of interesting. I do, too. Yeah. I um, absolutely believe it would be more interesting you know but then you're also going to have all the haters out there that are going to be like yeah well you know there were only you know five revolver guys at the match so the guy who won you know is you know he only won because no one was there uh you know i i hear those kinds of arguments all the time and i'm like um if as long as he was competing against somebody and he ended up on top, then, you know, he won. Why, you know, why should we uh, not celebrate that, you know, at this event, he's the best of the best that was there? Um, I don't know. Um, we got to be careful because we're getting dangerously close to a segue uh, into, um, you know, killing an L10 and revolver and single stack and stuff. <laughs> I've already said kill L10 and I will take that to my, I will preach that every day till I die. Yeah. I, I, and, and, I and I only say that too, because as, as other people have said, if you're going to have a limited 10, then where's your carry optics 10? Where's your limited optics 10? Where's your open 10? You can't just pick one division and go, oh, this can have a 10 round division. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's limited, but with only 10 rounds, well, and the argument's like, oh, what about those states with only 10 round? Okay, then what about carry optics 10? What about limited optics 10? What about open 10? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it's not just ones and nobody, three people, three people at handgun nationals shot limited 10. That's mm -hmm. it. And they couldn't fill the match. So don't tell me that there were limited 10 people that wanted in because no, they didn't. Yeah. Or the match would have been full. Oh, no. I I mean, uh, I, I tend to be in the camp of we don't need that division. Um, no. And that's the only one that I'm saying do away with. That is the only one. Everything else keep. Yeah. Uh, I, I can get on board with that. You yeah. Know, yeah. 
let's face it. I, I shoot primarily a, a division that not a lot of people participate in. Um, but it's a unique division, just like revolver, just uh, like well, everything my, else. That's my so, feeling as well. Uh, yeah. There's a particular skill set that, you know, uh, comes with that. Um, that again, um, on some level should be celebrated. Um, you know, uh, guys who shoot revolver, you know, get a lot of flack, but I mean, if you watch how quickly some of those dudes throw those moon clips in there and get back, on, crap. It, it is mind boggling. They, sh you know, they deserve to be there. Right. Um, did, did you heard my, you heard my entry for, or my, um, Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> when I had Michael Poggi on, mm -hmm. when I introduced him, I said, he probably reloads his revolver faster than you reload your semi-auto. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure many people yeah. he does. Absolutely. Those, yeah, those guys cool. in that top 10 of revolver are stupid good. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for me, uh, when I'm going to local matches and there's, you know, either it's just me, you know, or there are, you know, five or less single stack guys, I don't have any less fun. Uh, and I don't have any less goals to try to achieve today. Um, and I don't have a shortage of uh, people in other divisions uh, that I can compare myself against to uh, create the metrics I need to take to my next practice session. Right. Um, so you know, uh, I still think that there's a place for, um, you know, the unique stuff like revolver, like single stack, like production. Um, yes. Uh, I'm on the fence about production 15. I, uh, I mean, I, I shot know, it. Me too. I shot it in, uh, with 10 rounds, you know, uh, a bunch. And I, I still love that. Um, uh, one thing uh, that I love about single stack uh, that is worth mentioning is I do think it's, you know, the only division where there really is a um, serious consideration uh, of major versus minor. Um, you know, there was a time where I was going to matches with both rigs, you know, uh, a nine millimeter setup and a 45 setup. I would go and I would take a look at the stages and then I'd pick one. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. You're Not strategizing right. legitimately. Yeah. 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 Like do, you know, do I really need to have two extra rounds? Um, right. Or, you know, do I expect to shoot a bunch of blazing Charlies and, you know, <laughs> and maybe a few deltas. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, uh, I, I really like that dynamic. Right. Uh, and I, I don't really know that there's another division where, um, you know, that's really a, you know, a, a viable thought, right? Like uh, in limited, um, it's pretty much understood limited major is, you know, where it's at, you know, although Nils proved that limited minor is, you know, uh, is certainly viable and possible. Uh, right. I, I would be willing to bet though, um, that if Nils was given the option to shoot, you know, 40 major versus, you know, uh, nine minor, he probably would pick 40 major every time. Um, you know, if that was, uh, Hey, Canic, you know, we, we need you to make, <laughs> make, make a 40 limited gun real quick for your, for your boy here. Uh, no, no. Um, 
I don't, no, I don't see don't do that. 40 dead uh, in the next 10 years. I don't see too many 40 cal guns being made. Oh no, it, it's already dead. They just, yeah. they just don't know it yet. Um, I, I'll be honest. I would actually like to see everything go to minor except for open. Okay. Um, Hmm. I'm not sure I agree with that. Uh, I, I do. On uh, I'm, and single stack. I'm sorry. And single stack. Because that, that is typically that, that category was a 45 to start. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's either going to be open major, single stack major, or, or minor if you want. And then everything else be minor. Hmm. Well, but then, you know, but then production and limited are too similar, right? Um, are they though? Because look at all the options you have with limited with what you, with what you can do to the gun itself, you know? Yeah, but man, some of these shadow twos, uh, make, make some perfectly fine limited guns. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've never really thought about this. I like the idea that major and minor is a choice in some areas of this game. Um, you know, and it all, it all comes down to, you know, uh, DVC, accuracy, power, and speed too, right? There's a, there's a power element, you know, to this game. Um, there are, but that doesn't mean it has to be for every, div every division. Yeah, no. Uh, and, and we're losing, here's what I think. And I think this is where Nils proved it. We're losing the D part of DVC with major power factor because you can be as sloppy as you want. You just said a Delta still gets you three points. Yeah, well, two, but yeah. <laughs> it still gets you an extra point. Yes. No, I, uh, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, you know, but I also have uh, less rounds in the gun. Um, I mean, there's, there are some trade-offs, right? Um, well, how many, if you're shooting 40 and limited, how many rounds are you getting in your gun in your mag and plus one, uh, 20 plus one. Yeah. Uh, Holy crap. You're like one or two behind my carry optics gun. Yeah. I mean, I think a limited minor gun is typically what? 24 plus one or 25 plus one. If you have the, you depends know, on what, what you're shooting. Yep. I, mean, you can, yeah, yeah you can uh, work it. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I don't disagree with you there. Um, again, I, I uh, started out very much a turtle. You know, I'm a very accurate shooter. Um, yeah, getting getting faster. You know, has has been a thing, and um, uh, major. You know, has kind of helped me on that journey uh, of finding speed, right? Uh, because I'm a little less cautious. Um, Although I also shoot single stack where I have to, you know, basically shoot every stage as if it's Virginia count. Um, you know, so there's a sort of an artificial caution that's, you know, there. Um, I would be okay. I don't know, man. That's, uh, that's a good, good thought. I, I would, I would be okay rewarding major power factor with a four for a C, but I don't understand how you reward a D, which is barely a hit on cardboard with an extra point. I don't, I don't care if you're shooting 50 cal. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't know about uh, barely. Slop. 
the, that the, slop. The D zone is bigger than you think it is, but yes, <laughs> depending is, on where you hit, it is slop. But yeah, was I standing still or was I blazing through there and hung one? Like, well, uh, well then maybe that's your. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, some other, there's some other considerations there. Uh, that, you know, I mean, I think are worthwhile, right? Like. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make different decisions based on um, whether I'm shooting major or minor. And I, and I like that that I agree there. Right. I agree. You are, um, you know, if I'm, you know, you going can take to, more risks shooting major than you can yeah, shooting minor, you know, or um, yeah. Or in some cases you could argue, argue less risks, right? Like I'm going to aim maybe a little further away from the no shoot uh, with major. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, it swings all over the place. Um, I, I don't know. I'd have to really give that some thought. I still, um, being you know, kind of an old school dude, I, I think that there is a place for uh, for both major and minor uh, across the divisions. But listening to your points uh, and knowing that forty is dead, um, you know, it kind of makes sense. Uh, it, at least in limited to just have limited minor. Uh, I also, uh, we didn't really go here, but I am a proponent of combining uh, carry optics and limited optics. Um, in what way? How would you do it? Uh, I would just have a single uh, division, call it optics <laughs> or limited optics, if you like that. But I, okay, but what would be your limit of what you would allow? And I, I'm not even going to say gun, but accessories. Uh, well, I mean, I think it would be where limited optics is now, right? Okay. Uh, no, no comps. Uh, okay. So Magwell, that type of stuff. So basically, limited with an optic. Yeah. Okay. Optics. Imagine right. that. I mean, the name just. Yeah. Goes. There you go. Yeah. Um, but minor. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do not feel that, um, that the two divisions as they are right now, um, are dissimilar enough to justify having two separate divisions. Um, now, now what if you, and this is what I was talking about, or this is what I wanted to get to earlier when we were talking limited versus production. What if you took carry optics and production optics and actually scaled them back to actually production guns? So no craziness on the outside. Um, and then your, your limited and your production minor would be very different. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I'm okay with that then you would have a difference. Be then you would basically have, uh, as, as Ipsic would say, production optics heavy and production optics light, but then with limited optics and carry optics. But I I'm with you. I I'm at the point where I'm just like, you know what? Just combine it into one. Yeah. I mean, make it, make it whatever you're going to make it and just have one. You have open and then you have carry or limited optics or optics, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, let's face it, uh, you know, carry optics started out completely different, right? I mean, it was a uh, 10 right. round division, you know, it was very much production rule set kind of stuff. Right. Um, 
restricted, you know, whatever. Um, but then it kind of exploded it uh, into this, you know, a uh, whole other race gun type of category or whatever. Um, and I, I, on some level, I love that because we saw some really cool innovations in the, um, yeah. you know, in the marketplace. Um, and man, I mean, th there's some shadow twos and tampolios out there that, um, uh, you know, would potentially uh, destroy some 2011s, you know, um, so lots of cool things happening in the industry there as a result. But um, I mean, the shooters have essentially spoken. What they want is red dots. Yep. Mo bullets. Yep. And big ass magwells. Uh, and as much weight as they can stick on there. <laughs> because everybody wants to be Jay Beal on that reload. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, I love that you picked Jay, though, because, you know, he shoots a, a Walther, which is decidedly light with no Magwell. <laughs> right. Um, but And it goes back to what we say. The people at the top are the ones putting in the time and the effort. Yes, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, but I don't have to if I have a big Magwell. <laughs> you know uh let's solve yeah let's solve problems by you know throwing gear and money at it uh yeah okay yeah. instead of instead of hard work and determination that's, uh, that's what i'm doing to my knee i'm throwing money into at it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hardware new uh, hardware and money <laughs> i am sorry to hear about that but um you know uh we we can rebuild you we have the technology yes exactly <laughs> exactly you will be the $6 million man. Um, I'm down. I'm all for it. Fi do everything. We'll do it all. Every joint in the body. Let's rebuild it. I've, I've heard some people talk about um, uh, making carry optics more like, uh, you know, production optics as a, you know, low cap, you know, optics division. And as I think about that, uh, the reality is, uh, you know, what was the thing that I said a minute ago? You know, what do people want? Mo bullets. Mo bullets. Uh, right. You know, there's a reason why um, L10 Revo single stack production, you know, don't have the attendance. Uh, you know, right. I, I, I think you can't, um, uh, you know, discredit the fact that when carry optics, you know, got bumped up to 140 millimeter magazines, all of a sudden it was, you know, game on. Game game on. That's right. I mean, yeah. um, you know, uh, everybody in low cap divisions, you know, that couldn't afford to Jump go ship. open, you know, right. Yeah. Or, That's what or, I said. I said it was the poor man's open or we're not competitive in limited right now. All of a sudden you mean I can use 140 millimeter mags and I can use that red dot that I've been leaving off. Like, okay, now, now we're talking, let's play, you know? Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's why I'm okay with leaving production at 10. Just leave it at 10. That's what it is. That's what it's been. Just leave it the way it is. Because if you move it to 15, you're not, unless you let people fill their mags and it's like carry optics without an optic, it's carry gun, then yeah. you're not going to get people in that division. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think adding five rounds is going to bring anybody back to production. Um, you know, however, I do think it's going to uh, change the limited 
participation numbers, uh, possibly, you know, uh, people who are showing, well, people who are showing up to their first match, um, Oh. What do we always tell them, right? Uh, well, today yeah. you're going to load your mags up full and you're going to shoot limited with the, you know, Glock 17 that you brought or whatever. Right. Um, you know, I, I do feel like a lot of limited uh, participation numbers come from that scenario. Um, you know, I see it at uh, North Carolina clubs all the time. Um, well, and that's when I had the live stream with that panel. That's what they were saying the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if we make production 15, um, you might have some people choose uh, to shoot their brand new uh, Glock 17 in production with 15 rounds because they don't want to go to limited, you know, where these, you know, uh, crazy race guns are with, you know, 40 major. Right. Uh, but again, you still only need three mags. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, so, I mean, that that could shift some numbers in that respect, but it's certainly not going to bring people back to production. Um, the people who left production, you know, left it because they, you know, saw a, a better looking carrot on the other side of the fence, right? Like, um, you know, uh, the, the people who are, uh, who are real diehard production shooters, um, you know, if that's really what they want to do, they're going to stay in it. You know, um, you know, your Tyler Turner's of the world, you know, it's exactly what I was going to say. The Tyler Turner. I knew you were thinking it. I knew you were thinking Uh, I love Tyler. He's awesome. Um, but you're going to have, but then you still have two things. So the people who are there now who love it will stay as they age and they have to go to these things. They're going to go to a dot. Sure. So, and then the new people coming in, the dot on a gun is all the rage for new gun owners anyway. So you're not going to get that many people shooting it coming in. So it's always going to be just minimal. Sure. Um, well, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I, I do foresee there is a time in the future. I don't know how distant, but there is a time in the future will where iron sights will be like non-existent. Like, um, Unless it's only, co-witness. Yeah, right. I mean, only, <laughs> only the real enthusiasts you know, are going to right. go. And the, and the reality is I don't know that, um, the generations coming up, you know, uh, are going to generate much in terms of, you know, enthusiasts. Um, because the reality is, um, you know, uh, in America, we want bigger, faster, better, you know, yeah, cheaper, yes. what, whatever, right? Like we always, it's always more of this, more of this. Well, um, let's face it, red dots is more of this, right? Um, I can be, um, you know, proficient with, um, you know, hitting targets accurately uh, at a much faster rate with a rest, a red dot than I can learning how to do it with irons, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, at some point, red dots are going to be the only option. I, I, I do think that's a thing someday. Uh, and I, I would I would add one more caveat, and that is, if any, the sooner that the Supreme Court, if assuming they do, but if they decide that limiting magazines is unconstitutional, that that's going to be another hammer or nail in the coffin for low cap. Yeah, but because even the low cap states now, those people are going to be like, "Woo, fill them up." 
Yes. Uh, no, I, I, I agree. You know, um, but honestly, uh, low cap states, uh, I mean, I think a lot of them are, you know, uh, using high cap mags anyway, uh, under, you know, either grandfathered rules or they're just not telling anybody like, <laughs> uh, um, I, I'm not, I've never actually seen match video, uh, or seen scores from a match that was run all divisions limited to, um, the state capacity or, or to the 10 round capacity. Well, I just want the Supreme Court to rule it unconstitutional so we can shoot at Cameo. Yes. that. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a beautiful looking range. Uh, I've never been there, you know, personally, but I've seen uh, video there. I saw the uh, aerial view of it, you know, uh, the uh, TVs and scoring systems and, you know, Internet access, all of the bells and whistles that they got there. Uh, yeah. Why wouldn't we want to shoot there? Um, and I honestly, I think that's coming. Um, you know, at some point, I think USPSA will be able to hold an event there, uh, but it'll take a little time. We're seeing a lot, you know, uh, uh, in the political environment where like um, uh, the requirement to have handgun uh, purchase permits is going away or uh, constitutional yeah. carry seems to be spreading. Um, well, you know, so it's a matter of I, I'm sh I'm sure you know who Jim Mac Burnett is. Mm -hmm. um, he and I spoke one time at length at, I think it was the 2021 Virginia State match, and and it was I, I think it was his company. He said that wired cameo. Oh so yeah. He was. Oh, I know he, he was telling me. I know he's involved in uh, networking. Yeah. Yeah, and he was telling me that. You know, there's basically four live feeds on every single stage there. So yeah. you could run cameras, live streaming, scoring, everything, like four different things on every single stage. And it's hardwired in with, I forget what level of speed, but you that whole state, the whole range could be running this stuff yeah. and, and not have a hiccup. That's incredible infrastructure. Uh, it would be awesome to be able to leverage something like that. Um, Imagine a one-week nationals and being able to stream it. Well, careful, though. Uh, I mean, it's kind of tough to stream our game, right? Uh, hit factor scoring is not intuitive to most people, and our stages – um, you know, don't always offer, you know, the best view advantages. Like what I'd like to see is more of a, a delayed um, production where, um, mm -hmm. you know, somebody can go through, uh, edit that footage, you know, get the right views mm -hmm. and uh, maybe, you know, overlay some commentary uh, as well as, um, you know, the scores or whatever. Um now, but this is this is where I think that one's different, Jared, because I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And and I, I didn't I think it was either Nick Walden or Nick Reynolds. I forget which it was. I had put out a um, a survey and got a bunch of responses. And one of them, it was one of the Nick's was like a sports center type of thing would be perfect. And I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. But the thing I'll say about Cameo would be. Lately, the last two years, I've been doing a live stream 
during day three, the last half of day three, just with the podcast and putting up the uh, practice score competitor app and tracking and showing where everybody's going. So you're not even seeing shooting, but imagine being able to sit back now and go, okay, we know shooter Y who's in third place is coming up to shoot. Let's go to Bay 14 and be able to go to that Bay and then talk live when he's shooting. That is where I think cameo does it because you could put cameras up high where you could see the whole, they would be static, but you could still see the movement. And I think that's where it could, the production could literally go over the top because then you could go, okay, now shooting limited and in second place, he's getting ready to shoot on stage 18. Let's go there. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, that yeah. could be pretty wild. It, it'd be just like golf. Dude, I oh, love the sound of that. Oh, seven. Tiger Woods. Yep. I, I love the sound of that, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> There's who, always that but. Who's going to run all that? <laughs> you, are you, you're volunteering to be the guy? I'm volunteering. I, I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Okay. Now we're, now we're getting somewhere. And. Uh, this sort of circles back to where, you know, what we were talking about earlier. Oh, now, now we're the Biden administration. We're circling back. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> again, you are a USPSA member. You are not working for the org, but you have a skill set that, you know, with the right uh, tools, uh, you know, could produce something really, really cool. And you're willing to do it. Uh, yes. So, yeah, no, I, 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 yes. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'm, I'm seeing your dream and I'm, I'm in. <laughs> and Jay and I are trying to work together to do something at area eight next year. Okay, cool. So I'm hoping we can make that happen. Interesting. When is area eight next year? June 6th. June. Okay. D-Day. Uh, okay. Well, and that's interesting because, uh, normally I shoot Maryland in June. And I saw that Maryland, I think, is in the fall next year. So there is kind of a hole in the schedule. Uh, maybe Area 8 <laughs> needs to uh, end up on uh, on my schedule. We'll see about that. Um, cool. Now that uh, you you got me intrigued now. Uh, uh, and I'm, I, I'm I, really, I really think Cameo is a game changer. If there was a way to make that legal, I think that would be the way – to finally break through and and I'm not going to say bring it mainstream, but at least get it out and be able to do more. And I think the production could make it very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. But uh, you know, uh, here's a just throwing this out there. What if we did go to cameo and we limited everybody to ten rounds? <clears throat> or or uh, I don't know what their restriction you know officially says. I don't. I don't either. It might uh, be 15. I don't know. Well, I mean, hy- you could. Let's hypothetically say um, that we're going to run it like uh, they do in uh, you know, Canada or whatever. Um, and all divisions are 10 rounds. You know, uh, do you think people would go? I, I think, I don't know. I, I think there's so many, I, I think there would have to be <clears throat> some absolute guarantees that here, here's what I would think. 
I'm not. I'm not going to modify my magazines to go shoot a match in. Yes. In Colorado, if yeah, I'm yeah. allowed to bring my regular mags, and I'm limited to ten or fifteen or whatever it is, then that might be different. Where okay, they're allowing an exception where you don't have to modify your mags, mm -hmm. but but you're limited to only so, you know so many rounds in your magazine. That might work as long as every, as long as there is something saying just for this competition between these days, only these people who are registered to shoot this match are allowed to use outside magazines that exceed their capacity limit. Right. Yeah. But I think it would have to be something like that. Otherwise, I don't think anybody would do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I just, I saw that as an interesting hypothetical. Uh, only in that I, I think there are two camps, right? Um, you know, there are uh, serious competitors that would be like, yeah, okay, I'm in. Um, you know, again, assuming we didn't have to make any um, gear modifications, we were just capped. Right. 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 Um, you know, and then you've also got a camp that I think uh, would uh, not be interested in going because they hate reloads or, you know, like, <laughs> or, uh, they don't want to carry that many mags on their belt or, you know, uh, whatever the, um, reason is. I mean, I think you get the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Um, uh, and I haven't, you know, ever really been able to quantify that. I don't know, uh, that anybody can, but, uh, the two camps, right. You got competitors that, uh, you know, I, they will adapt and overcome. Right. And then you got competitors that will say, well, no, I don't want to play that game. So I'm not going. Um, Homie don't play that. That's right. Homie don't play that. That's right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, uh, we're dating ourselves here. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. You started it. I'm just going along with the trend now. I like it. <laughs> um, it would be interesting to see though, who would show up to that match. Right. Like who are the dedicated editors? Right. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, all right. Well, uh, what else you got? We're uh, we're running late into the evening. So uh, <laughs> we are. Yeah. My wife just sent me a text message, you know, uh, basically saying, you know, it's time for bed. Shut up. So um, I have really enjoyed this conversation. Um, uh, you know, I don't even know exactly what I said. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this recording and make sure that I agree with everything that came out of my mouth. Um, you know, cause talking on the fly, who knows, you know, what's coming out of here, but um, uh, this was cool, man. I mean, I think we touched a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, there was a lot Way more than I expected. Yeah. There was a lot less shooting talk and a, a lot more, um, you know, match and, you know, hypotheticals and um, you know, possibly some politics, you know, whatever. So, uh, this was interesting. <laughs> it was, it ran the gamut there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I appreciate what you do. Uh, thanks for doing it. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, I, I think I told you this uh, the last time we spoke, like, uh, I'm kind of, um, you know, hoping that you and, and some of the others that are uh, helping to spread the word on different topics are going to be catalysts for change in this uh, in this community. Um, USPSA is awesome. You know, uh, I don't think it's 
it's certainly not going away, but um, there's a lot of things that we can do better if we all, you know, collectively work together and make it better. Um, and uh, the only way that we can come together uh, is for somebody like you to spread the word and, uh, you know, get it all uh, happening, coordinated, whatever. Uh, so thanks for spreading the word. Uh, and uh, beyond that, uh, if you have an opportunity to uh, come down to uh, Sir Walter, come shoot a match with us. Absolutely. Uh, uh, if you are not able to shoot the classic, uh, we will still be, you know, really excited to see you there as well. So, all right, cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Jared. I appreciate it. It's been a fantastic conversation. All right, cool. I, I imagine this one will probably get split into a couple of parts as well, right? <laughs> at, at least two, if yeah, not more. Sure. For sure. Well, uh, if you want to do it again, I'm sure I can talk even further. So uh, let me know. Uh, I'll hold you to it. All right, cool. Well, uh, thanks. Have a great night and we'll catch you later. All right. Take care. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs>